Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Alright, if you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 15, Matthew chapter 15, pick up with the next passage where we left off. Um... This passage that we're looking at today is weird. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right up front. It, it, is, it is shocking to us. If you've looked ahead, you probably know what I'm talking about. Jesus here seems to insult a woman. And that's, that's strange. We're like, no, Jesus, come on. <laughs> it seems strange to us. So what is going on here? Um. I think, um, I think that most likely Jesus responded in the way he did to catch our attention. Um, I, I don't think Jesus was intending to to insult this woman, but he was he was responding in a way that that was intended to catch our attention and to catch the disciples' attention. It was something that nobody expected. Um, so let's go ahead and read our text and we'll dive in and, and see what it's all about. Verse 21. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Lord, send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as your desire, as you desire. And her daughter was healed immediately. Let's pray. Father, open our eyes and open our ears. Open our minds to help us understand Your Word. Your Word is like honey on our lips. Your Word is a feast. It is a banquet before us. It feeds our souls. Yet sometimes as we come to Your Word, there are things that are hard to understand. Lord, give us understanding. Give us grace. Give me strength and grace as I preach Your Word in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing we see in verse 21 is that Jesus had withdrawn from where He was at before. Now let's take a closer look here. Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Jesus had been doing His ministry among the Jewish people in Jewish territories. Right? 
And the Pharisees were in this last story. They had come to Jesus and they were, they were criticizing Him, saying, why do your disciples eat with unwashed hands? They, so what we're seeing in the last chapter, in the, not the last chapter, but the last passage, is an example of how Jesus was being rejected by the Jewish people. He was being rejected. And so he, in turn, withdrew from those Jewish territories and he went to a Gentile territory, the territory of Tyre and Sidon. You may remember this from a few chapters ago. I don't remember what chapter it was, maybe 9 or 10. But Jesus had used Tyre and Sidon as an example. And He said, uh, at the judgment, I don't remember the exact words, but basically at the judgment, um, Tyre and Sidon would rise up and condemn this wicked generation because they would have repented long ago. And yet the Jewish people in these Jewish territories, they were seeing all these miracles, all this proof, and yet they rejected Jesus. And so Jesus withdraws from this Jewish territory and He goes to Tyre and Sidon. Gentile territory, pagan territory. This is not where they were worshipers of the one true God. Verse 22, And behold... A Canaanite woman from that region came out and was, and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. First question we want to ask is, who is this? This is a Canaanite woman. Now, what does that mean to us? A Canaanite woman. It may not mean much. If we've read through the Old Testament, particularly early chapters, we may be familiar with the term a Canaanite. What is a Canaanite? What is that all about? What is a Canaanite woman? Well, kind of have to go all the way back to Noah. Chapter 6 of Genesis. Chapter 9 of Genesis. And after the flood, Noah... He, 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 uh, he had this, there was this chapter where he had this covenant with God. God, we see the rainbow. And Noah kind of settles back into life. And what does he do? He builds a vineyard. And he, he, he collects his produce from his vineyard. And he makes wine. And he gets drunk. And he's passed out naked in his tent. Another shocking story from the Old Testament. And, and in this story, we see how he had three sons, and one of them, Ham, had walked and he'd seen his son, his father, Noah, in the tent, and was, um, we don't know exactly what he did, but whatever he was doing, he was laughing at him, making fun of him, or whatever, and he called his brothers over and said, hey, look at dad in the tent, passed out naked and drunk. Whatever he did, he was dishonoring his father. His brothers, Shem and Japheth, they grab a blanket and they walk in backwards to honor their father and they don't look at him and they cover him up to cover his shame. When Noah wakes up and finds out what all has happened, he says, cursed be Canaan. Now, who's Canaan? What's that all about? Well, Canaan was Ham's son. 
Well, that's kind of confusing, and, and we could go on about this and spend a lot of time, but um, that's where this curse on Canaan came from. And I, I believe that that curse on Canaan was a prophecy of what would happen later in the Old Testament. This curse on Canaan was, you know, what were they to do once they came out of Egypt? They were to go into the land of Canaan and they were to basically wipe out all the people that lived there. We see that in the book of Joshua. The Canaanites and the Perizzites and, the, and all these different ites. <laughs> they, they, were, they were to go in and take the land. These were from descendants of Canaan. Well, we know that they didn't they weren't completely obedient to God. There were some survivors, and even all the way up to the time when Jesus lived, there were still some Canaanites in the land. This woman was a Canaanite. A Canaanite woman. To the people, to the Jews, a Canaanite was cursed by Noah from back early, early, early in the Bible. A Canaanite woman, not only was she just a Gentile, but I think, I think you know, Matthew used this word on purpose. I think he used it to kind of draw our mind to just realize this is a Canaanite woman. So this is who came to Jesus. And she was crying out, Have mercy on me, Lord, Son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. What's her request? She wants her daughter to be healed. She's desperate. She's desperate in need. She needs her daughter to be healed. She loves her daughter. She cares about her daughter. Her daughter is is oppressed by a demon. We don't think a lot about demons today. We, we, we kind of almost see that as almost superstition. The Bible talks a lot about it, and Jesus cast out a lot of demons. In Western culture, we, we don't really talk about that because in Western culture, we're enlightened, right? When we're enlightened, and um, we, we know about science, and C.S. Lewis... Um, it is screw tape letters. I don't remember exactly how the phrase goes, but he talks about how in some cultures, maybe third world cultures, the devil will, will make people afraid of the demons by, by, by having possessions and things like that, that that people are scared of and they're afraid of the devil. But here in enlightened Western culture where we know about science, that's not what people do. People are here, are, 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 they want, they're dismissive. They're secular. They don't believe in all that superstition anymore. So the devil will be just perfectly happy to let us stay there. And to, to, to see kind of the kinds of demonic possessions and things like that that we see in the Bible would be against Satan's strategy. In a, in a society where people don't even believe in the devil in the first place, 
Why would he be possessing people like you see in the New Testament? No, he'd rather keep low and people won't know he's even there and he's influencing things behind the scenes. And we see this demon possession here in this story. The woman was so concerned. Her, we know from other stories the kinds of things that demon-possessed people would do. They'd, they'd fall on the fire. You know, They'd do things that were harmful to themselves. Self-cutting. Maybe we aren't that far off. They were so strong that nobody could even um, contain this one guy, even with chains, because he would just break the chains. And he lived among the tombs. Just think of what this mother must have felt for her daughter. So we've seen who she is. We've seen what her need is. How does she come to Jesus? She says... Have mercy on me. Well, that's the first thing. She, she recognizes this is something that is a mercy. It is a mercy. What is mercy? It's receiving. It, it's, 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 it's not receiving what we, des- we, we deserve to have. You know, um, the difference between grace and mercy. Grace is a gift. When we get salvation, when we didn't deserve it, that's, that's a gift. When we receive mercy, it's when we deserve God's punishment and we don't get it. And she's asking, have mercy on me. I don't deserve this. Have mercy. She says, have mercy on me, O Lord. This can be kind of ambiguous here. O Lord. What does she mean by that? She could just be using it as a term of respect. She could be saying, Sir. But also, the word Lord here is kurios. What do we do as Christians? When we become Christians, we confess that Jesus is Lord. And there's something deeper there. In the Old Testament, when, when, when we look at the Old Testament, you might see uh, there's places in your Bible in the Old Testament where you see these words L-O-R-D in all capital letters. You may have seen that, maybe wondered what it was all about. Well, the name for God in the Old Testament is Yahweh. Okay? And the Jewish people, out of concern for you shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, one of the Ten Commandments, they, they became so concerned that they might do this that they, they wouldn't even say His name. Even to this day, Jewish people will say Hashem, which means the name. They were so concerned. And as they would, they would copy out the Bible, they, would, they, would, uh, they did this thing. They, they left the consonants for the name of God, for Yahweh. And they put the vowels for the word Adonai. And Adonai is the word that means Lord. And so as they would read it, they'd come to that, they'd see the vowels for Adonai, and they would know, we say Adonai, which means Lord. So when the 
Greek translation of the Old Testament came about in, in, uh, uh, the, in about 250 B.C. When they translated it, they came to the name Lord and uh, to the name Yahweh, and they translated that kurios, which is the Greek word for Lord. In the New Testament, we don't have that distinction. We just have the word kurios. And when we confess as Christians that Jesus Christ is Lord... I believe that implies that we believe that Jesus Christ is the very God of the Old Testament, Yahweh. That they're the same identity. So, is that what this Canaanite woman had in mind? Maybe not. Maybe she spoke more than she knew she was. But she came to him and said, Have mercy on me, O Lord. But here's something she seemed to know about. Son of David. Somehow she got some familiarity with the promises. She called Jesus the Son of David. Now this isn't the first time we've seen this in Matthew. Matthew chapter 1 starts off with the genealogy. And in that genealogy, it tells us this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Son of David. This woman, this Canaanite woman, recognized something that the Jewish leaders didn't. That Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Son of David. He was the fulfillment of the promises. He was the one who was going to come and have a kingdom that would have no end. How did this Canaanite woman know this? This is the first sign, these are the first signs I think we see of her faith that Jesus recognizes. Verse 23. Boy, I'm taking a while on this one today. 17 minutes in. All right. (laughs) Verse 23. But he did not answer her a word. That's strange. He didn't answer. Here she is, this Canaanite woman, comes to Jesus, confesses him as Lord confesses that He is the Son of David, pleading with Him for mercy for her child. She's desperate, and He just sits there. That's not what we expect from Jesus. This is shocking. Let's go on. And His disciples came and begged Him, saying, Send her away, for she's crying out after us. Typical of the disciples. When Jesus has brought children, the disciples want to send them away too. And Jesus says, Suffer the little children for such is the kingdom of heaven. When we were just a few weeks ago in Jesus feeding the 5,000, the disciples were like, Hey, send them away to go get something to eat. And Jesus was like, You feed them. And here again, the disciples are saying, Send her away. She's annoying. (laughs) Jesus didn't disagree with them here. Instead, He says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's a strange thing for Him to say. We we think. Didn't 
You come for Gentiles too. Well, this is a different place in salvation history. Jesus had not yet gone to the cross. He had not yet sent His disciples out on the Great Commission to make disciples of all nations. At this point, even in chapters 9 and 10, when Jesus was sending His disciples out, He said, go only among the lost sheep of the house of Israel. His ministry before the cross was mainly to the Jewish people. And Jesus' answer when the disciples... said He didn't say, okay, I'm going to send her away. But He just said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 25, But she came and knelt before Him, saying, Lord, help me! Again, showing how desperate she was. Again, calling Him Lord. Verse 26, And He answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to dogs. Oh man, this is almost over the top. Is He calling this woman a dog? I think it's more of a parable. The the Jewish people would call the Canaanites, the Gentiles, pretty much dogs. One commentary points out that the word there that Jesus uses for dog is is more like an affectionate term, like a puppy. It doesn't make it much better, does it? (laughs) I don't think Jesus was intending to, to insult her. Rather, he was making a teaching point. He was saying, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to dogs. It's not right to take what was meant for the lost sheep of the house of Israel and give it to the Gentiles. And how does she respond? She said, yes, Lord. She agrees with him. Yet, even the dogs... Eat the crumbs that fall from the Master's table. I think this Canaanite woman recognized something. Back again to the Old Testament, you've got Abraham. This promise to Abraham. And the promise to Abraham was, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And through you, all nations will be blessed. All the families of the earth will be blessed. Because of that promise to the seed of the woman, to the blessing of Abraham, to the son of David, tracing this through the Old Testament, because of that promise, all the nations of the world would be blessed. And that Canaanite woman woman held on to that promise. Maybe she knew. She lived in close proximity to the Jewish people. Maybe she knew about that promise to Abraham. Salvation is of the Jews, yet Paul said in Romans chapter 1, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Jesus recognizes this as faith. As great faith. which well, He says, woman, great is your faith. I think this is so, so much of a contrast. Because not long ago, the week that, that Leif was here preaching, what did he, he preached on uh, Jesus walking on the water, and Peter sinking, and Jesus said to Peter, oh, you have little faith. 
Right? Oh, you little thing. But this Canaanite woman had great faith. What a contrast. Even his disciples didn't have that kind of faith. And he recognized this. He says, be it done as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. We have no recording of whether the daughter was there present with her. I mean, it could have been like the centurion who, who wanted Jesus to heal his servant. The servant wasn't there and he just said, just say the word and he'll be healed. We don't know. It doesn't tell us where this daughter is at the time. But we know it says at the moment... Instantly, she was healed. What do we get from this? First off, we see in salvation history, in the story of the Bible, Jesus came first to the Jews. And we see this story in the Gospels, in the book of Acts, in all the letters being played out, the Jew, when the, He came to the Jews, the Jews rejected primarily. There were believers among the Jews too. But as a people as a whole, they rejected Him, and so God turned to let the Gentiles come in. We are Gentiles. We are Gentiles. All of us. Aren't we so thankful that this promise to Abraham that, that all the nations would be blessed because of the seed of Abraham. When, when we see this, this is a promise to us. We can be included. Salvation does not depend on our ancestry. It doesn't depend on who our parents were. It doesn't depend on our family background. It doesn't depend on our socioeconomic status. It doesn't depend on our race. It doesn't depend on anything. Our salvation has no conditions upon it except faith in Jesus. What did that woman have? Nothing but faith in Jesus. That woman received healing for her daughter in the same way that we receive salvation. It's not based on anything in us. It's based on faith in Jesus. Trust in Him. Look to Him. Trust in Him. He will not turn you away because of whatever family background you have. He will not turn you away because of whatever past you have. He will not turn you away. Look to Him. Trust in Him, and He will save us. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.